Thank you all so much for that beautiful music. I think you, that's part of your collective song, right? Can you all just thank Jeremy and Holly and, um, You ever gotten that phone call on a Saturday you didn't want to get? <laughs> uh, I am so honored to be here this morning. I was driving to a funeral, actually, uh, to Daytona yesterday when Charlie called and told me he was sick with the flu. And he said, what are you doing tomorrow morning? And I said, nothing, except going to church. He said, you think you could preach? I said, sure, Charlie, whatever you need me to do. Because guess what the Lord taught me a long time ago? Always be ready. Always be ready. To give a reason for the hope that lives inside of you. Amen? Amen. So we are going to try something that I've never done before. Y'all ready? I'm going to take Charlie's title and his scripture passage. And I'm going to preach my sermon that the Lord has given to me uh, in the last 24 hours. And we're just going to trust that the Holy Spirit will show up. Everybody good with that? All right. (laughs) And listen... If you don't like the sermon, just call Charlie and tell him don't get the flu again. And I will say this devotional guide is pretty great. So I will say we will be talking about patience today. And you can take this devotional guide. Don't y'all love coming to a church that wants you to actually read the Bible and study it every day? Right? And so this devotional guide will be key to you. Uh, My name's Alex. I'm the assistant to the bishop. I actually worship here every Sunday with our family, unless I'm out of town, preaching at another church. And I love First Church Lakeland because it taught me how to love God, to love others, and to be a part of a community that is desperately wanting to feed and love hungry people. Do you know that we're all hungry? We're all spiritually hungry. We're all wanting something in our life. Anybody else ready to hear a message from the Lord this morning? Me too. Me too. So let's pray together. Oh God, you are always moving. In fact, you are always renewing us. And if we're honest, God, sometimes we are tired of waiting for you to move. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Open our hearts and our minds to the movement of your love so that we might not only fully know you and believe in you, but be transformed through you. Help me to get out of the way, God, so that your way might be known, your love proclaimed. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock our rock, and our Redeemer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're in a series called Keep the Faith, a series when life gets hard. And the title of the message this morning is about keeping the faith even when you are impatient. Anyone else here struggle with patience? Okay, good. Uh, I am not alone this morning. Now, let me ask you this. Where are you the most impatient? Are you the most impatient in traffic when the person in front of you won't move ahead? Are you the most impatient with your family when they won't change and become more like you want them to become? Anybody else like that? So the text that Charlie chose this morning is out of Proverbs. It's one of my favorites and one of Charlie's favorites. It's Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with the fifth verse. Hear this word. 
It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will what? Make your paths straight. We're going to read that together because y'all need to wake up a little bit. Let's do it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. How many of you all believe that? Good. How many of you all live like that? Right? We're, we're working on it. And the good news about this book we read each and every day, this book of truth, this book that has given me life and love and taught me how to have faith in the midst of the hard times, is this book does not expect you to do anything perfectly. But it does expect you to make progress along the way. And so I think if you're like me, I have some progress to make on the issue of patience. Because if I fully lived, as the writer of Proverbs said, that I trusted in the Lord with my whole heart, that I didn't lean on my own understanding, if I truly acknowledged God in all of God's ways and believed that God would make my path straight, I would be more patient with myself, with those I love, and with this world that I am waiting to change. We struggle with patience in both trivial and very important moments. Uh, I actually read a few years ago a study. Uh, you ever waited for someone to get out of a parking spot that you're waiting for? Anybody else done this? Yeah, me too. At Lakeside Village or right here in the church parking lot or somewhere else. And so somebody did a statistical study. They, they clocked 400 cars in a mall parking lot. And what they said was, is when there was not a car waiting for someone else to get into that parking spot, it took about 32 seconds for the person to back up. But when there was someone waiting, it took 39 seconds. And if they started laying on their horn, it took 45 seconds. You got it? Because we don't like to wait. I don't know anyone who just loves to wait. Last night at Universal Studios, did you want to wait in line or did you want to go to the front of the line, right? You didn't want to wait. And so now we have things called fast passes, right? And quick lines. We live in a FedEx world that wants everything the next day before 8 o'clock. We want it ready when we get there. Anyone else ordered something online recently in a mobile order and gotten frustrated that it wasn't ready when you got there? Anybody else track their UPS track, you know, package? My teenagers sometimes are like, Dad, it said it would be here an hour ago. What's wrong with that driver, right? We don't like to wait. I was in uh, traveling this week. We went all around the state for the bishop's regional gatherings and we got to the hotel. It was late at night and I pushed the button for the elevator to come. And you know what? When it didn't start coming, guess what I did? I pushed the button again as if it would make the elevator come quicker. And then when I got frustrated because the elevator wasn't coming, what did I do? I found the stairs and I walked up the stairs. We don't like to wait. But it's not just in things like that. Anybody here waiting for something really important in their life? You're waiting for your phone to ring. 
from a loved one that you haven't heard from in a while? Because you had an argument at Christmas and you haven't repaired that emotional relationship yet? Anybody here waiting for the doctor to call you and tell you what the plan is for treatment? Some of you, you've been dreaming about a new job. You're ready for someone to say yes to your resume and you keep interviewing and you just keep getting no's and you're tired of waiting. Anybody else sit uh, in a waiting room in a doctor's office waiting to be called and unaware of what might be the next thing the doctor says? I know people, don't you? Who are struggling with mental health in some way, some, some sort of depression or anxiety, and every day they wait that maybe today's the day that they're going to wake up and the darkness won't feel so dark. They're waiting for a change in their life and they're desperate and they say, what's happening, God? I trusted you with my whole heart. I've acknowledged you in all my, your ways. Why isn't my path straight yet? What is taking you so long, God? Well, Lewis Smedes, a great theologian, says it this way about waiting. Put it on the screen. Waiting is our destiny as creatures who cannot by themselves bring about what they hope for. We wait in the darkness for a flame we cannot light. We wait in fear for a happy ending we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like a not ever. Waiting is the hardest work of hope. Anybody else relate to that? The in-between time, the waiting, is the hardest work of hope. And what I love about this book that we read, that we believe as United Methodists, is the truth inspired by God that gives us hope. It's filled with stories of people who learned to wait. I mean, isn't that the story of the people of God in the Old Testament? Abraham was promised that he would have a child, and he waited 24 years for that promise to come true. The people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt, and they were promised that someone would come and set them free, and 400 years later, Moses came. They wandered in the wilderness for how many years? Forty years. Talk about waiting. You see, the problem with our impatience is we're trying to learn patience from a modern society that does not teach us to wait. And so maybe we turn to this book to give us a hint on how to wait. Look at this from the writer of James. This is James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. It says, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits. For the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient. Stand firm. Because the Lord's coming is near. Now I love this writer from James who says, see how the farmer waits. Any farmers in the room? Yeah, a couple of you. Anyone like to grow plants? Anybody ever notice that when you plant a seed, it blooms at its own time? (laughs) Farmers have to be patient. Planters have to wait. Because there is no amount of anxiety that will cause a seed to pop up out of the ground any quicker. It happens in its own due time. 
And I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life I planted a seed and then I keep digging up the ground hoping it's growing a little bit quicker. And I've just messed up the ecosystem of patience that is required for something to grow in God's own time. So the farmer waits for the autumn and the spring rains. And the writer of James says, you too be patient and stand firm. Because, what does it say? The Lord's coming is near. Not maybe near, but is near. And then in verse 10 it says this. As an example of patience in the face of suffering, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As an example, take the prophets. Now think about the prophets of the Old Testament. I think we could learn something from them. They waited for hundreds of years for what they prophesied to come true. They waited for the Messiah to come. They were not just waiting at a stoplight for someone to get going. They were waiting with expectation that the Lord would be near and that God would show up even when we can't see God at work. That's why John Wesley, uh, when he wrote his sermon on patience, he based it off the book of James, which also says in verse 1, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 4 of James, it says this, Let patience have its full effect so that you might be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. It's interesting, if you go to the, uh, a Bible uh, app and you look at this verse, James 1, 4, the word patience there is translated three different ways. Patience, endurance, and perseverance. You see, part of what God wants to teach us is that in order to be patient, we have to remember that it's sometime in the enduring, in the persevering, in the waiting, that we actually learn what we most need to know. You ever waited for something and then when it came... You knew that part of what had changed was you because you had learned to wait. For me, in my own life, and maybe for you, sometimes I just want to pray so much that it just can happen on my time. And yet sometimes God is saying, wait, not yet. Wait, and if you wait, it'll be much better than you anticipate. So there are choices to make. Because let's just be honest, no one gets in this room what we want when we want it right now. Does anybody in this room always get what they want when they want it right now? No. That world does not exist. And so, why the writers of scriptures are so clear is it says waiting and faith go hand in hand. Patience teaches you endurance, which makes you persevering, which allows you to remember that God's time is not yours. And that's okay. The prophets kept prophesying that the Messiah would show up and they kept waiting because they knew the Lord would be near because God is never late. We just can't seem to wait. 
Now Charlie, in his message and in the devotional guide, he would have reminded you that denial is not the same as delay. That just as something is delayed, it doesn't mean it's denied. And, and he also said to you that is, in waiting, we come prepared to go wherever God might lead us. That when things seem to be falling apart, they just might be falling into place. These are great lessons. But I want to share with you two more. And this is from the psalmist. Because there's a difference between just marking time and actually trusting God. This is Psalm chapter 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. Anybody else wait patiently for the Lord? Listen to what the psalmist says. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud. Out of the mire, He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who make the Lord their trust. Now, I don't know about you, but that's something I might need to read today, tomorrow, next day, and the day after that. Because I've been in the slimy pit. Anybody else? I've woken up in the middle of the night worried about something in my family or in the church we serve together. And yet I believe in a God who hears my cry and turns to me. And lifts me out of the mud and the mire and sets my feet on a rock. A firm place to stand. And the more I learn to wait and be patient for God's timing, the more blessed and happy and content I am. It's a mindset shift. From waiting for things to happen in your time to trusting that God really does hold the whole world in God's hands. And God's time is not yours. God's ways are not yours. You see, I want to lean on my own understanding. But this book says when I lean on God's understanding, then God will make my paths straight. So what that means for me is, instead of passively waiting, I actively wait, trusting that God will show up. You ever been to a train station? Anybody? Train, metro station? Yeah, we don't ride trains a lot. Anyone been to an airline, right? Waited for their plane, the plane was delayed. Anybody ever watch how people wait in airport terminals and train terminals? There's all different kinds of waiters, aren't there? There's the people who are asleep at the terminal. You ever met this person? They're just like totally zoned out. They got their earbuds in, their hat down, and they're just waiting. And they're not even going to look up until they see that the airplane is right there and then they're going to go. They're passively waiting. Some people start to, you know, hit their watch saying, what's wrong with this airline? What's wrong with this train? Why isn't it here yet? Getting agitated and frustrated that the world hasn't gone according to their plan. I'm not talking to any of you, right? 
I mean, have you ever walked up to the airline terminal person and said, why in the world are you late today? Years ago, we were traveling as a family and we were at a train station. And I watched as this little boy was on the train station and he was just waiting for the train to come. And he was standing on his tiptoes and he couldn't wait for the train to get there. And his mom had gotten over the waiting a long time ago, but that little boy was waiting with great expectation, believing when the train came, it was going to be awesome. It was going to be incredible. And I thought to myself, I want to be more like that little boy who isn't wasting the time while we wait, frustrated and agitated about what hasn't happened yet in my time, but instead is believing that the train will come. And when it comes, it's worth getting excited about. And so maybe the practice in our lives is to, instead of waiting passively, we wait actively, trusting in the Lord. That God will show up, that the Lord is near, that the train is coming, and all will be well. I don't know about you, but I need more like that faith. That's what it means for me to trust in the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. Or another example, anyone been to Bonnet Springs Park yet? Come on, raise your hand if you've been to Bonnet Springs Park. If you have not been to Bonnet Springs Park, you should go. It's amazing. It's like a stone's throw from the office where I work. It's a beautiful park built by this community. Now, today might not be a sunny day, but it's going to be sunny maybe later today. And guess what? Going to Bonnet Springs Park or walking around Lake Hollingsworth or any one of the other lakes around here is a great opportunity to actually practice what we talk about in this room. To walk To walk the park, to walk the lake, and to trust in God. So on Friday I had an appointment with someone, a friend of mine, that I see uh, on occasion. And I said, instead of coming to our office or instead of going to a coffee shop, let's go to the park. Let's walk the park. And we walked Bonnet Springs Park. Now I've walked there many times, but I love it. I mean, you can walk along a canopy in those trees and you can be taken to a different place. Right here in the city of Lakeland. And then we walked along uh, the lagoon there and all the way to the back and we sat on a bench that has a name of someone who worships here in this sanctuary and it just says, sit and relax on a bench. And we did that. And then we walked back up towards the Welcome Center where we had parked our cars and we stopped at the 200-year-old tree. Have you seen the 200-year-old tree in Bonnet Springs Park? It's the oldest tree in the park. There's a sign that says, 200-year-old tree. And my friend and I, we just sat there and we waited. And I looked up at the tree and I said to my friend, you know, that tree has been here for 200 years. That's a long time. And it's seen a lot of things in that park. Because that's where the railroad was and that's where the grove was and that's where people used to live. In that park before it was the park. And that tree has stayed the test of time and it's still as strong as ever. And I said to my friend, you know, I wish I could know what that tree has gone through. How it lasted 200 years. And my guess is it stopped worrying 
and being anxious about that which it could not control. And instead just said, I'll keep growing. I'll keep providing shade. And maybe we have something to learn from the 200-year-old tree. Do you know there's two words for time in the Bible? There's chronological time. The Greek word is chronos. Everyone say chronos. And the other word for time is kairos. Everyone say kairos. Interesting that we have lost the kairos sense of time. Because we live by the clock, don't we? Like some of you are already looking like, it's 1024, Alex, you better wrap this up because it's 1030 and then we got to get to lunch, right? <laughs> like that's called chronological time and you're ready. In my family, everybody likes to be on time. Anybody else got a family member like to be on time? Anyone else always a little late to the family gatherings? Me too, thank you very much. I've got one more thing to do. God actually doesn't mark time through chronos. Chronological time is not God's time. The word for time, the Bible uses, kairos, means at the fulfillment and at just the right moment, when it's God's work and not yours, God shows up in kairos in a way that you least expect it and at a time that you didn't even know to look for it. Here comes Jesus. Here comes God. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Just kind of tapping you on the shoulder saying, slow down. You move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Remember that? Just skipping down the cobblestone. Waiting. Waiting. For God to do God's work in God's time. Put back up the first verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, He will make your paths straight. I was worried about that word. Because in my mind, my life has not been a straight line. Anybody else's life not been a straight line? Anybody else's life take a couple left-hand turns in your life? Anybody else have a wild ride in the universe? But the old saint of the church, Teresa of Avila, says, God draws straight with crooked lines. Did you hear me? God draws straight with crooked lines. So if you're going through something today and you think your faith has failed and God has not shown up and you're waiting patiently for the Lord and you're in the miry pit and you don't know where to go, I want you to know when you call out to God, when you trust in the Lord, when you acknowledge God, when you submit to God in all your ways, even in the midst of the crooked paths of this life, we have a God who draws straight. A God who puts our feet on the rock. A God who gives us the strength to say, God will show up. The Lord is near. God is not done. And God will make a way. Do you believe that this morning? I do. So maybe we should become more like the monks. I brought them with me today. You can't see this picture probably. These are my friends. 
If you want to know where I gain my strength, I go to a monastery where no one can find me. <laughs> I mean, my wife knows where I am, but it's in South Carolina. You know what these monks are really good at? Reading this book every day. They pray seven times a day. They pray the entire Psalter, 150 Psalms in a two-week period. If you watch them, they have memorized all 150 Psalms. They start at four o'clock in the morning and they pray seven times a day. And they are more silent than they speak. And they have learned something. That when you wait on the Lord, when you submit your life, when you pray every day and open this book and talk in community about the hard things, when you are vulnerable and open that you don't have it all figured out and God has not perfectly made your life whole yet, that one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time, one prayer at a time, God is at work. And tomorrow, when I get on the Zoom with the monk who leads the retreat center, because we meet once a month by Zoom, he will remind me, Alex, it's not your plan that matters. It's not your time that matters. Last time I checked, it's God's plan. It's God's way. It's God's time. And that's what it means to have patience even when faith fails. And that's the truth. Right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Oh God, we wait in strange ways. We want things when we want them and we want them right now. So Lord, for all of those who are waiting here today, remind them that you are at work. From the beginning of time, God, you knit us together, you made us who we are, you created all that is, and all things are a good gift from you. Make us more aware of what it means to be patient in all things, to persevere and to endure and to trust that the Lord is near. More of you, God, less of us. Teach us what it means to acknowledge you and to believe that you will make our paths straight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Yes, Me too, right? Now, take it back to the, the next the, to the next to the last slide on that song. Not, yes, I will, but just right at, right before that. Can you take it back for us for just a second? Yeah, one one back. And then one back. Yeah, look at that. Look at what it says. Look at what you just sang. It says, I will lift you high. Say that. I will lift you high in the lowest valley. I will bless your name, right? 
See, what part of what the world is looking for is people like you and me who are willing to lift the name of the Lord on high. To say yes to God even when life doesn't make sense. To trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. So wherever you're going today, take your time. Don't be in a rush. Slow down. Look at the people around you. They might just need your joy and your peace and your light today. Be nice and kind to the people in your family. Can you do that today? Because the Lord said, when you trust in me, when you acknowledge me in all your ways, I'll make your path straight. So go in peace, First Church Lakeland. Be back here next week to hear Charlie preach a much better message. Be back here. And remember, God's not done. And God's time is God's way. Go in peace. God going with you. Giving you all you need to have abundant life now and forever. Amen.